What's up, witches? It is the September edition of Inciting a Brouhaha. <laughs> only one only one edition this month. Too busy to do three like we did last month. I This is my first day off all September where I had no obligations, and I am very happy about that. <laughs> Except you did have an obligation. You had an obligation to record the show. Yes. Well, yeah. Got to do record the, recording the show. But that's not an obligation. That's a pleasure. It is a pleasure. It is a pleasure to be, <laughs> it is a pleasure to be here with the witches. Hello, witches. Hi, witches. Witches. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's kind of fun that we're doing the September edition, and we have like such a big jam-packed show, or at least we think it's going to be a big jam-packed show because you know, it, uh, I'm now in fashion, and uh, the September edition of any fashion magazine is always the biggest of the year. So who Look knows? At you, I'm in fashion. Well, I, am. I love it. It is. I'm... It's true. It's pathetic, but it's true. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we have actually decided today to talk about some pagan stereotypes. Uh, uh-huh. And we moved this topic up on the list due to uh, an email that I got uh, very recently, which I probably should have already pulled up and I didn't because I'm absolutely terrible. But um, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, the uh, You can paraphrase. I don't think they'll mind. Well, no, I mean, it, 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 like I said, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the oh, 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 I still have my male client up. That's bad. Bad news bears. Oh, Shama, you're breaking your own rules. You're the one who was so hard on people. Turn off your Twitter. Turn off your cell phone. Turn off your... And you're the one who always has it happening. I know. Well, I, I have it happening that's on this show. Can. I, in all fairness, I have it happening on this show. <laughs> I don't ever have it happen on my show. <laughs> I don't think you've ever had it happen on your show. No, that's true. And I'm sorry about the crinkling in the background if there happens to be crinkling. My cats are crazy for paper bags. And I have recently acquired a a paper bag that smells like every kind of magical, mystical candle you can think of. Which we can finally talk about why. I threw it as far as I could out the door, but you may still hear it crinkling. We... we, we, uh... We can actually finally talk about why, and I guess since you brought it up, we can go ahead and talk about it at the top of the show. Well, I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about the why for the candles, but we can talk about the thing that's right, happening. Right, 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 yes. Um What is happening, which is, <laughs> which is, which is, is that um, all of your well, probably not all of your favorite podkin, but a big number of them are going to be swooping in on their brooms and their pitchforks and other flying implements uh, <laughs> into the Chicagoland area. Uh, I'm bringing my Swiffer personally; it really goes the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very comfortable, but it moves really fast. Oh, so you know, God, the modern witch <laughs> on her on her vacuum. That's. <laughs> I'll be flying in on my Dyson. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, no. Uh, I could be really inappropriate, but the, I won't. The majority of, well, the freshman and sophomore class, your, your favorite freshman and sophomore pagans, uh, pagan podcasters, are going to be swooping in on the, into the Chicagoland area the first weekend in October, which is, like, next weekend. <laughs> I know. And it is, it is the first weekend. I mean, it... Friday is the first. Right. So, uh, so it's the October. First and the second and the third. Yeah, October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. But we are not just going to be all together and just all in our own little gaga land of just <laughs> well, being so okay. excited. No. 
We will be, but we are going to take a break from that for a couple of hours. (laughs) And let you come gaga over us. (laughs) And let us gaga over you, because that's awesome, too. So if you live in the Chicagoland area or feel like flying in on your own broomstick, uh, we will be in Midlothian, Illinois. Oh, and I guess we should say who we is. (laughs) Yes, we should. And I'm so excited because this is going to be... Me and your other charming, adorable host here. Oh, Firelight. by the way, hey, um, this is Firelight. We never introduced ourselves. We just sort of started talking. <laughs> we, you know, at this point, at this point, we have to sort of assume that people know who we are. So, sorry. I'm Velma Nightshade, by the way, and this is Mojo from the Wiggly and Way. Firelight. <laughs> stop that. This is. Would you stop that? This is Chris Orapello. And this is the infinite <laughs> and beyond. He was going to come and then he had to cancel. I'm so disappointed. So, but I'm let's so not, disappointed. But, but the people that will be there coming. are me yes. and you. And we've already said that like six times. Yes. And Jillian, <laughs> Jillian from Iron Pawaka Radio. Oh my yes. God. <laughs> and Isaac and Jasmine from Pagan Hooligans. Oh my god, the hooligans and the rioters and the brujas are all going to be in one roof. I don't think there is enough. It's just, it's going to be insane. Um, there's also Corey from New from World Witchery. New Lane World will not be there, but Corey will be. And I'm so excited to meet Corey. I just, I, I'm I'm like, every time I think about it, like, my, my insides just vibrate with excitement. I'm so giddy. Well, there's more. Scarlet from... Scarlet from Lakefront, Lakefront Pagan Voice and, is coming. And, uh, oh, what's, oh, how do you say that name? Bujitsu? She gave, she gives her email address on her show, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel bad calling her Brittany. Okay, so Brittany, Brittany the host of Urban Green Witch. Yes. Um, so, uh, Scarlet Lakefront Pagan Voice, Corey New World Witchery, both of the hooligans, myself, Velma, and Jillian from Iron Pawaka Radio. Is that That's everybody? eight for those of you keeping score at home. Yes. Is that everybody? That's everybody. That's everybody. We will all be in Midlothian, Illinois at Witchy Wearables um, for the 2nd of October from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So there will be a nice chunk of two-hour window. And, uh, you know, if we get caught up in in talking to all of the listeners out there, who knows? You know, it might extend. But we're we're just going to really try because we'd like to go back to oogling one another as quickly as possible. (laughs) No, but we will. We're only, we're only planning two hours. So if you want to come out and hang out with us, be sure you're there before one because we may be gone at one. Right. And remember, the Buy Pagan Swag Contest is being extended all the way through that first weekend in October to give you all the opportunity to come and support a local pagan business. Um, you know, witchy wearables. They are having a craft fair that day. So there's going to be lots of really interesting, very fun, cool, one time only, one place only kind of things. And, you know, if you buy something, you know, let me know. You'll be entered into the Buy a Pagan Swag contest. And, uh, you know, you, you may win a really cool book of shadows with some dragons and pens and stuff like that. But either way, you get to meet us, which is just... You know, it's it's like meeting Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Really, I mean, which one of us is Angelina Jolie? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Don't answer that. It's Kika. No. <laughs> so now that we have uh, talked about that, let's just have a horrible segue right into pagan stereotypes. <laughs> Might as well. Well, it'll be interesting to see if we see any pagan stereotypes. 
It will be interesting. Oh, and just before we move on, as an aside, if you want to come to Witchy Wearables, more power to you. I would love to see you there. Please, for the love of all that is holy, look up the address and map quest it because you will get so lost. Yes, and they have, yeah. It's like witchywearablesonline.com or something like that. You can go to incitingariot.com, and at the very top, there's uh, a link to the Buy Pagan Swag contest on the left. There's a picture of a witch and a cat. If you click on that, you'll you'll go straight to my post about the Buy Pagan Swag contest, which has all yeah. of the contact information for witchy wearables on there. And you can you map quest it. I highly recommend the map quest, the Google Maps, all of that. Actually, I, I recommend... Got- I got so lost trying to find. <laughs> well, I will say I I do when recommend I was in Chicago. I got so lost. I recommend using Google Maps because it gives you that option for the street view, and you can actually see it on the street view. So um, use your navigational system, yeah, but if, don't just don't just figure. Oh, I'll be able to find it. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> yeah, if you have one of those magical gyps boxes, the gyps, the genie and the the genie and the gyps box. Use that. And I don't. Oh, I, I love go by mine. maps. Oh my god. I, I, I work off of maps. And no. maps were of absolutely no help to me. See maps maps <laughs> confuse me. I, I, I have to have the gyps. Me and Yeah. No. No gyps for me. Me and David, my uh my English British GPS man. He he <laughs> he tells me to go on the motorway. <laughs> nice. Nice. Have you ever come across a roundabout? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> I bet I bet he likes that word too. <laughs> no, I, I just okay, I just enjoy sorry, the motorway. We're totally. This is going to be a very sort of fractured show because I, for one, am exceedingly scatterbrained. Well, I'm actually kind of excited because Mabin is is like has started. You know, it has started the sundown of the 21st on into the 22nd. Mabin is Mab. It's the time of Mabin. It's the time of a Sabbath, and I'm you know I'm just kind of I already decorated my house for Samhain. <laughs> You know, my house pretty much is Halloween year-round, but what I do at Halloween is I have this great big enormous spider and this great big like rope spider web that I put up over my front door, and I put that up like over the weekend. So uh-huh. my house is looking sufficiently witchy outside. It always looks sufficiently witchy inside, but... Alrighty. So, please, you've got the list. I Take have the list. Take us into the topic of the day. Okay. And today we're going to talk about pagan stereotypes. And um, I asked for, and I just asked in the last 20, 30 minutes, so don't feel bad, uh, if, I've, if I've not gotten to yours or uh, you sent me something and I've responded, but it, it's not ending up right here. I, I just asked through Twitter real quick. And, um, uh, you know, people are giving me uh, feedback on Twitter. Um and and I guess I wasn't very specific. I'm asking for pagan stereotypes. I asked for pagan stereotypes sort of that we dislike about the community, you know, that we as pagans feel our stereotypes about pagans. Because um, I got some feedback of, you know, oh, you know, my biggest pet peeve, you know, my biggest uh, pet peeve about the pagan stereotype is that we're all devil worshipers and we conjure demons and we're anti-Christian and all of that. These aren't really the pagan stereotypes that we're talking about. The pagan stereotypes that we're talking about today are the things that we dislike about each other. <laughs> we're going to air out all of the pagan dirty laundry right now, right here on Inciting a Brew. Ha ha. We get so, to be catty, folks. Yay, which is why you listen to this show. Yay, catty. 
Um, the very first one that I put on the list is the reason that we upped, because we were going to, we planned on talking about pagan stereotypes, but we upped it because of an email that I got. And I recently did a show and uh, put an article out on Witchfox about um, entitlement and about, uh, you know, not having to feel bad about, you know, sort of having money, having things and, and uh, you know, finding your own spiritual path and this whole thing. And you can go listen to Inciting a Ride if you really care. Um, but I did get an email back and the email in full reads, and it's not very long. It says, ha 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 Farking hilarious. Middle-class suburban pagans. These are women's, uh, women's, <laughs> women that never grew out of the farce of rich girl, rich college girls casting spells, booga booga, in their dorm rooms at night, waiting to graduate and marry the right man picked out by their parents who will show them the road to and keep them on the path to the good Christian corporate life. If someone is living the cookie-cutter glasshouse suburban life, they're no pagan or witch. A pagan or witch would change their life, no matter what it takes, to something meaningful to them and healthy for those dependent upon them. Methinks you a bullshit artist, young sir. Please don't cast a spell, booga booga, on me. I just have spent too much time with the goddess to put up with nonsense like that. Oh, it's thundering. Ooh, thunder. <laughs> to squirrel! Put up, squirrel! Uh, may you and those who listen to you find your way, blessed be. Um, P.S. Illinois. No wonder. So, um... <laughs> where do you start? I mean, really? Where do we even start with this email? Well, um, I, I think the point here, because this got 22 comments on the blog, I got dozens of emails about it, I got huge Twitter feedback, I got a lot of feedback about this particular post. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, we could spend probably the whole show talking about this particular email. I mean, you could tear yeah. this email apart and talk about those kinds of things. I'd rather us use it as the impetus um, for going ahead and going forward and talking about these pagan stereotypes. But let's first talk about the broke pagan. Um, and I am going to, just for the purposes of launching the conversation, say that the broke pagan is that man or woman who is, you know, who actually probably does live in what is technically financially considered as poverty, uh, you know, living on the poverty level or right around there. Um, you know, the person that never really has any money that sort of glorifies the fact that they don't have any money. They're very, you know, just the broke guy, the broke girl that's also pagan and sort of revolves their paganism around their brokenness, uh, which sort of seems to be the perspective from which this guy was writing in that you sort of have to be broke to um, be pagan. So Velma, go. <laughs> well, this is this is one stereotype that really I don't I don't know. This one makes me mad. There's a lot of other stereotypes that kind of annoy me, but I can kind of laugh them off. But this one, for some reason, and I'm not quite sure what it is, this one makes me really mad because there are plenty of people in the world who, you know, get education or certification for whatever it is and they work really hard to provide a good life for themselves and their families and the idea that that how some that that somehow makes them incapable of being spiritual on this particular path really really annoys me yeah 
I mean, just not even like in a humorous, oh, that's getting on my nerves. I mean, that really pisses me off Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't just have everything handed to them. A lot of people work really hard for what they have. And to use that as some kind of reason why all of a sudden you can't be spiritual, regardless of whether it's pagan or not. I mean, this is kind of like saying in order to be a truly, you know, devout, devoted, um, you know, Christian, you have to live like a monk. You have to give up all your possessions. You can't be successful financially or socially. You have to sort of be cloistered and give up everything in order to be, in order to have that spiritual life. I don't buy that at all. See, and I think that a lot of people, um, you know, and it is a religious tenant and has been for a very, very long time. Uh, and not just of, of pagan beliefs and practices, but of, of many religions. Um, the idea that broke somehow equals piety, this whole, you know, purposefully impoverishing yourself, you know, not surrounding yourself with material things, um, you know, and, uh, uh, therefore drawing you closer to God because you're not focused on the material. And I think that the, the pagan stereotype is the broke pagan that thinks that they are pious, or at least that is sort of in some weird way, blaming their brokenness on being pious. And the two are not the same thing. You know, a- Well, but it's almost also a case of, you know, I'm pagan and I'm broke, so I am therefore holier than thou. Right, right. It, which is and sort of where I was going And the fact that I'm that. broke proves how holy I am. Right. This proves how devoutly pagan I am because mm-hmm. I live in poverty. I don't consider living in poverty necessarily a good thing right and and just to to go back to the email for just a second you know a pagan or witch would change their life no matter what it takes to something meaningful meaningful to them and healthy for those dependent upon them and i think that having the means to take care of those that are dependent upon you I, i think that that has you know that that has it obviously has something to do with having money, but I, I think it's a very wonderful thing. I mean, I think it's a, it, you know it can be a very spiritual experience to be able to know that you can provide for somebody else, and if nothing else, it's it's self preservation. It's very natural to provide for your family, for your dependents, and all of that, which is something I thought that we were all about. <laughs> is this whole natural preservation, you know, cycle of life thing? But I think that, or at least just in my head. There's a difference between being broke and being pious. And this whole idea of the pious person, like the pious monk, the pious nun, who has purposefully given up material possession and goes and, you know, cloisters themselves to get rid of material distractions to, per- to focus on, on the divine. And then there's the broke pagan who has not done that, who has not purposefully given up uh, material possessions, um, who just is broke, can't get a job and, and and sort of when it's brought up in conversation or you know they they try and force the topic sometimes some some of the mm-hmm. stereotypical broke pagans try and force the topic sometimes and bring it up you know before somebody else can almost and then sort of try and blame their brokenness on their piety and I, it's annoying is all get out because you know, I think being able to provide for my family, being able to provide, you know, a, a decent living for myself and working really, really hard to do that. I don't know that that makes me any more or less pagan than anybody else. And I, I, I really actually think it doesn't have much to do at all with paganism. Well, personally, I mean, to me, part of 
what paganism is about is being independent. I mean, there's a very independent spirit behind the majority of the faiths that would be considered pagan. Mm -hmm. And I think if you have given everything up or let everything go to the point where you are completely and totally 100% dependent on other people to have a roof over your head or to have food in your stomach, that's, I don't know, to me that's just not... It it just doesn't it doesn't add up to me at all. It doesn't work. I mean, I we have we have a path that I mean, we don't have you know the equivalent of you know a Catholic missionary where if you don't have a, a roof over your head or food, you can just you know walk down the street right. to the pagan mission right. and somebody will take care of you. Right. You, you know, know, and it would and be different if you were sort of giving up your material possessions and going and living it like I don't know, and I, I you know. I do not know that this is an option, but just to put it out there, um, you know, it would be different if you were giving up your material possessions and going and like living at Circle Sanctuary, you know, and devoting your life and being fed by the community and being cared for by the community and in turn providing spiritual services to the community, you know, that kind of thing. It would be different. But see, it's still a method of payment. It's still right. a method exactly. of prosperity. It's still some degree of independence. Right. And you that's are providing the a service. And you are not getting money in return, but you're getting a roof over your head. You're getting meals provided to you, whatever the case may be. It's not a matter of, I'm so broke that I, you know, can't afford to take care of my seven children because I'm pagan. Being pagan has nothing to do with it. Being an idiot has something to do with it. (laughs) Or, you know, or some great misfortune. I mean, not everybody who, you know, is broke is an idiot, but... It's not because you're pagan. Right. But here's the thing is, again, that is the difference between being broke and being pious, you know, being broke and this whole notion of piety in which, you know, yes, you are getting something from the community and you are giving something back. There's sort of an exchange there and it has very little to do with material possession. It has more to do with the spiritual services and then your basic needs. Now, it is important to note in this initial conversation about the broke pagan that we're not talking about broke people, that we're not talking about people that are at the poverty line. That has, you know, obviously whatever puts you there is a very personal matter. Um, And, uh, you know, I think we're both saying that, you know, people in general work very, very hard. And just because you're at the poverty level doesn't mean that you do not work very, very hard. We are talking about, and I hope it's coming across clearly, about the people that are the broke pagan and are sort of, you know, their whole mindset, their whole life revolves around being a broke pagan. You know, not about being... Well, and it's it's not just, I'm broke, but it's either a mindset of, I am pagan, therefore I have to be broke, or I'm pagan, so being broke makes me a better pagan. Right, and that's more the part that I was getting at, because I remember being part of various pagan groups, and there'd be the people that, you know, had, you know, office jobs, you know, middle class, whatever folks, you know, just regular Joes, but then there were the people in the group that, you know, just just always showed up and, well, you know, showed up and were, were very, you know, I don't know, they sort of almost leached off of everybody else in a ways, you know, they were the ones that came and, and never brought food and never actually did anything with the group, um, you know, as far as con- contra- uh, contributing anything. They never really contributed. 
And they would very loudly blame it on, well, you know, I have no money, I have no this, I have no that. Well, you don't have to have money to contribute something. I mean, just as we were talking about with being pious, you can contribute spiritual services, you can offer to, you know, organize ritual, you can offer to, you know, uh, you know, say the opening invocation, you know, you can say the, the prayer at the meal. I mean, there's something you that you... Help set up. You right, can help set up. You can help clean up afterwards. You can I mean, contribute. The broke pagan is the person who is both financially broke and then because they have that mindset is then sort of spiritually broke or at least uh broke as far as the community goes they do not contribute at all in in any way and it's annoying and if you're a broke pagan i'm sorry you need to wake up and get over it (laughs) (laughs) moving on well and i and i mean i think you know i think people i mean people are broke know they're broke and there's an incredible amount of stress that goes along with not having enough money but don't blame it on your faith or vice versa. Don't try to make your faith be. Don't let your brokenness define your faith. You know, don't let it, don't let it be the central, uh, don't let it be the central factor in your faith in some way. And don't assume that just because you are broke and you are very spiritual, that I have to be broke to be as spiritual right? because everybody has their own ways of expressing things. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, there are some people who have gone through some very, very broke patches and the things that they learned from that and the experiences that they had during that are very valuable to them. Now, does that mean that I have to go through that exact, exact same experience to have things affect me as profoundly? No. I mean, just because it works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. So I don't understand why there's this mindset of everybody who's pagan has to be broke, therefore, you know, or, or they're not as pagan as I am. I mean, and we I think really for, need to get over this. I think for every negative stereotype that we're about to talk about, because there's a long list, there is a positive way of doing it. If you are financially broke, you can still, just as we just said, you can still contribute. You don't have to be the broke pagan. You can still contribute in many, many, many ways. I mean, if you're great at tarot readings, you can give some of those. And hey, you might even be able to make a little bit of money on the side with that. Um, you know, you can contribute by helping set up ritual. You can contribute by helping lead ritual. You can contribute in many, many, many ways. The broke pagan doesn't contribute at all. And it's... Well, and 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 what I mean anyway by the broke pagan is not... The fact that they're broke, it's the attitude that goes along right, with it. Right, It's the attitude of the broke pagan that we're talking about. It's not the fact that you happen to be pagan and be broke. Right. It's that attitude. Now, what about the gaudy pagan? The gaudy pagan who comes to ritual or or sort of walks which, around which in their ga- daily which life. Which gaudy do you mean? Do you mean gaudy, hippie dress, moonstone dripping? I mean drenched, drenched or are you talking about stones. the uber goth? No, gaudy, G-A-U-D-Y, like drenched in the jewelry and the, the you know, just very putting on the show of look how pagan I am. I have every single tool. In fact, I have three of every single tool. I have rings on all of my fingers. I have a tattoo on my forehead of the goddess. I have a moonstone <laughs> headband. I have black robes that I wear to my job at Costco. You know, I, I am the gaudy pagan. I, everybody knows that I'm pagan just by smelling the patchouli 20 (laughs) miles away from me i am the gaudy pagan i love it i know several people like (laughs) you know oh that's great oh god (laughs) but 
Well, see, again, again, it all comes back to the attitude. Because you know what? If that is who you are, more power to you. You know, if you want to spend all your money on fancy, you know, witchy-looking clothes and tons of jewelry, and if you want to get your face tattooed with, you know, a great big pinnacle that covers your whole face, that's up to you. It is up to you, but I will just let you know. about the attitude. I will just let you know, um, and this doesn't apply to Velma. It applies to me and, and my other show that I do. Um, that, you know, that other thing, uh, if you happen to get a a tattoo of a pentacle that completely covers your face and you ever put that online and I find it, I will make fun of you. I'm just letting you know right now. (laughs) I, I promise I will put you on my website and I will make fun of you on my show. I'm just letting you know. So don't ever put that online because the rioters will forward it to me (laughs) and I will make fun of you. I'm just saying, you know, all right. Duly noted. I think everybody would make fun of them. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Because you I know sh- I you would. Should. I know I would. You I mean, should. Come on. I mean, if you get, and it covers your face. I mean, come on, really. What kind yeah, of statement are you seriously. But I don't know. Seriously. I think the gaudy pagan, I think that in a very serious context, I mean, yes, if you want to be the gaudy pagan, that's fine. And there is an attitude thing with it. But I think at some point you're really, ju- I mean, there's, there is doing it for ritual. Like, okay, when you're going to ritual or when you're going to your very witchy thing, I think the gaudy pagan is gaudy in both their spiritual life and in their mundane life. You know, the one that walks around with way too many rings and way too much patchouli and way too many necklaces and way too much of everything, you know, and I think that they're just, I think it's an uh, too much of a statement, I you know, and as as far as the negative stereotype goes, obviously there's the pos- positive side of the person that likes to dress up for ritual, or dress up for the gathering, or dress up for you know the big week long um, you know whatever. But I don't know. I think that there's the negative side of putting on too much of a show for the mundane public and sort of like trying to throw it in people's faces. And I think that that's the negative aspect of it. And I think it I think it goes too far. Well, and that's, that would be my argument. And I think, I mean, this, for me anyway, also ties into the uber goth pagan. It, it's one of those things where any sane, reasonable person, now I'm not saying everybody is sane and reasonable, but <laughs> every sane, reasonable person. Certainly not any of the co-hosts on this show. <laughs> you know, when you walk out of your house looking like that, that you are going to be getting attention. And let's face it, you know what kind of attention you're going to be getting. So really, and in my mind, the only reason why you would do that on an every single day basis is to evoke controversy and to get attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it for ritual, okay? I am guilty of doing it in oh, ritual. I think we all I, are. I have gotten all dolled up and just absolutely, I would not leave the house that way, but all dolled up for ritual and every piece of jewelry I owned somewhere on my body. And I mean, I've done it. We've yeah, every, all done I think, it. Every, I think everybody's I'm, done that. Kidding. But it's not everyday clothing. If right. it's who you are, if it's who, you know, is dying to be, you know, to emerge from your soul, fine. But I mean, you know, you know what's going to happen when you go in public like that. And if what you want is the attention, what are you laughing at? If that is who is dying to get out of your soul, yes, I am dying to be a pagan drag queen. (laughs) But I mean, there there are some people who, there are a few people that I have met 
Legitimately, I mean, that just suits them. It really suits them. But they're not putting on a costume. That really is how they are. But most of the people who dress exceedingly out there, it's not really who they are. Yeah. It's it's totally a a mask. It's a mask. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Okay, now... Moving on from the gaudy pagan, um, you know, and again, just to highlight that uh, there, there is the negative stereotype and then there's the positive flip side of it. The gaudy pagan is the negative stereotype that tries to shove it in everybody's face and is putting on this mask of the uber witch and, you know, I dare you to say something to me about the 15 pentacles that I'm wearing. You know, mm-hmm. you know, is truly trying to shove it in people's faces because there's something missing. There's something that's not going on inside. Um and then there's the flip side of the person who really gets very witchy. And it's and, and the tone of voice that you use when you say the word witchy about them is the witchy. And I think Velma says it really, really well. Like, witchy, when she talks about Dorothy Morrison meeting her in person, she says there was a... I remember part of your show, you said, you know, she doesn't really go all gaudy. She doesn't wear a lot of stuff, but there's something very witchy about her but you know that's that's the witchy pagan the witchy pagan that sort of puts on the jewelry and stuff and it's it's all part of ritual garb and there's something very gorgeous about that i think you know and it it, put it on frock it on i don't really care i mean that's there's something very beautiful about it being ritual garb and there there's a history of that going all the way all the way back to ancient mesopotamia and uh, you know thousands and thousands and thousands of years of people putting on ritual garb and i think that that's a beautiful practice but, but if you're running out to the A&P yeah. to get a gallon of milk after church on Sunday, really? <laughs> really? I mean, no, I mean, which, oh, oh, the segment that never happened. Which, please? <laughs> yes. I yes. mean, honey, if you are wearing three black robes and have a pentacle tattooed on your forehead and wear 15 moonstone and amber necklaces for your job at Costco, which please <laughs> get over yourself. Yes. The third stereotype. The negative part of it is the uninformed, the non-newbie uninformed pagan. The pagan that has been pagan 5, 10, 15, 20 years that remains uninformed about things. Or there's sort of an extension of this that I thought about, the misappropriated pagan. The the pagan who sort of latched on to a lot of incorrect information and just went with it. And that's just their basis for everything for, you know, 30 years and sort of remained uninformed. Uh, yeah, go. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about that. I, I personally, I don't think there is a, a positive side to knowing no. that you are uninformed and staying that way intentionally. Yeah. I see... I see no positive in that. Well, Um, I've talked about it on my show before, that there's a difference between ignorant and stupid. And y'all are going to send me hate mail. Go ahead and send it to incitingariotpodcast at gmail.com. Do not send it to the show. show. (laughs) Yeah, don't send it it to anywhere that I can read it, because I really don't care. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead and just send it to me, and I will just delete it. (laughs) (laughs) But but there's a difference between ignorant and stupid. You cannot necessarily be faulted for being ignorant. Ignorant is simply not knowing information and never have uh, having had the opportunity to learn it. Ignorant, um, you know, are those indigenous tribes of, of the Americas that whenever, uh, you know, Christian missionaries came over, they said, well, these people are ignorant. You know, they've never known the word of God. And they sort of get a free pass because... 
you know, on, on salvation because they, you know, they just never heard the word of God and never had the opportunity. But, um, you know, there's a difference between being ignorant and being stupid. And stupid is being ignorant about something, being aware of your ignorance, being aware that you need to fix that ignorance, and then purposefully never actually fixing it. And I think that the uninformed pagan, the non-newbie uninformed pagan, errs on the side of stupidity. You know, knowing that you are wrong, knowing that you are uninformed, and sort of, it's that person that almost, um, you know, in conversation with them, sort of overcompensates for their being uninformed by really, you know, and, and this sort of goes into a point that I had later on, but sort of harping on their misappropriated facts, you know, the misappropriated pagan, the person that sort of took some information here and took some information there and tries to make it sound like they're not quite uninformed, you know? And, yeah, uh, yeah. and... <laughs> I don't know that there's much else to say about that, except it's a horrible stereotype, and I wish you people would quit it. <laughs> well, and and this kind of and pardon me, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a soft track here for a minute, but this topic, this particular stereotype, really reminds me of something that Faithine Stewart talked about in one of her most recent episodes on Spirits Cast, and that basically is when we hear somebody giving misinformation, is it our obligation to correct them? And I'm not going to get into that specific question and why I happen to disagree with her. I love you, Faithly, but I don't agree with you. Um, but it is one of those things where, I mean, if, if you have misinformation and nobody ever corrects you, it's really a case of you have to know that it's wrong. I mean, to get, the, to get the difference between being ignorant and being stupid, you have to know that you're wrong. And I think the problem is people read one book or maybe two books, and then they stop there. And let's face it, let's be honest, the craft is a, is a path of bibliophiles, mm. okay? It is. I mean, really, 99% of the people who are involved in paganism read a lot of material, and if you're one of those people who reads one book and thinks that that is the whole and all-encompassing book about the craft, and you've been doing everything out of Scott Cunningham's Wicca book for the last 20 years, you have to know that there's other information out there. I would gently disagree <laughs> that 99% of the pagan community is a bi are bibliophiles and are very well-read. Okay, well maybe read. that's a bit extreme. I would say that maybe we're at about 40 to 60%, maybe somewhere in the middle there of people that are bibliophiles compared to people that really could care less. Because there's a lot of stereotypes, and I'm about to get into some stereotypes, and I also Googled some pagan stereotypes, so it's not just, you know, I've, I found some really fun, interesting ones from uh, other websites, things that, you know, I thought, oh, that's true. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of pagans out there and I don't know if it's just, you, you know, you meet a few and they just stand out, but I, I think that there's a lot of uninformed pagans out there, but we can sort of include, I think that is, I think that I we think can that include, is sort of changing though. We, I think, I think the, well, the, the internet newer, really helped that. The internet, the internet really, really helped that. And then the, the newer generations of pagans. I mean, let's face it, if you started studying paganism 25 years ago, the reading material was very limited. So you didn't have the same vast quantities of information that you have now. And people who have come into the craft within the last 10, 15 years have a lot more material at their disposal. So I think they are a lot more 
inclined to go seek out new information. In the same conversation as the uninformed pagan, there's the opposite extreme. There is the bibliophile. There is the know-it-all pagan. The pagan that, when you're having a conversation, will correct you. Will correct you about every little bit. And they know everything. They've read every book. They've listened to every podcast. They have seen every movie. And they know why every single movie is wrong. And quit giving me the look like, oh, that's you. (laughs) Actually, no, I was thinking, you're talking about me, aren't you? (laughs) Oh, no. No, no, no. But I don't it, usually correct people, though. No, but, yeah, well, I'm not saying that the know-it-all pagan yes. corrects people, but there's the know-it-all pagan that, you know, knows absolutely every single fact about every single thing. And I think the know-it-all pagan sometimes is actually the uninformed pagan and wants to come off, just like the gaudy pagan does, wants to come off as though they do know a lot. You know, but it's, remember, we're talking about uh, non-newbies, so we're not quite in fluffy territory yet. But, um... But, you know, know-it-all pagan is the, you know, I know this and know this and know this and know this and just wants to spout facts and wants to, you know, all of that. And that's annoying, too. <laughs> it, is, it is annoying, too. Well, and I think also, I mean, within that, within that sort of subsect, within that particular stereotype, you do also have a large number of people who think that they're know-it-all pagans because they might know it all about one particular thing. Mm-hmm. And that like, was actually... You might, get, you might get somebody who knows absolutely everything about 18th century ceremonial witchcraft. Right. And, and ritual practices and everything. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you know jack shit about candle magic, okay? It doesn't mean that you know anything about um, fairies, you know, I mean, there, there's so many different topics that people <laughs> that people want to talk about, and a lot of what I've noticed is that the know it. I have never met a know-it-all pagan who actually knows it all. I have met a lot of know-it-all pagans who know a lot about one specific area or another, or sometimes multiple areas. But nobody knows everything. I mean, it's. It's a re- it's it's a religion, a spirituality of learning. I mean, that's what it's all about. Well, and I but think that- what's interesting, the know-it-all pagans will always try to steer the conversation back to something that they know everything about. That's very true. But actually, I think that once you err into that side, there's a there's there's another stereotype that um, one of the websites pointed out, and I thought was a fantastic point. Um, and that's the next stereotype. But um, you know, I think that that the know-it-all pagan needs to realize there's the 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 negative stereotype of the know-it-all pagan, and then there's the wise pagan, the wise pagan who does know much, who knows a lot, but also like oh god, and I can't remember what Greek philosopher said it. I, I uh, it wasn't Aristotle, maybe it was Aristotle. I don't remember. Everything's always attributed to Aristotle. So sure, Aristotle said it, or but, Plato, or Socrates, or somebody. <laughs> One of those old dead guys. Well, they were all, they all taught each other and were students of one another. So, um, one of those guys said that, uh, cause one of his students said that he was the most intelligent person in the world, you know, and was just the most intelligent person and blah, 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 blah. And when questioned on it, he said, well, no, I just know enough to know what I don't know. Right. And that he is self-aware enough to know his intellectual limitations. And I think that that is the opposite of the know-it-all pagan. The opposite of the know-it-all pagan is the person that yes, knows a lot and is very willing to share that information, but also knows their limitation and is willing to continue to learn. Well, and I mean, really there's no way that any one person on the planet could possibly know everything about every 
subsect within paganism. I mean, it's just not going to happen. There's no way. What And at some point, at some point, folks, we will disassemble the poem of the reed. The whole yeah. poem, not just the read itself. But there is a, a line in there that says, speak ye little, listen much. And I think the listen much is what people yeah. miss. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. People... Not to say I agree with the whole read, and we'll <laughs> get into that another day. But <laughs> but it is one of those things that is thought of as a tenant of, you know, Wiccan faith anyway, is that you're supposed to listen. The next stereotype has... The stereotype, and then I, I sort of found and came up with two subsets of that uh, stereotype. So let me give you all three. Okay. The first one, and I'm not talking about anybody on this magical Skype conversation right now, Uh-oh. either one of us, but the, the initial stereotype is the loud pagan. The pagan who is very <laughs> boisterous, the pagan who is very out there, who dominates the conversation... <laughs> oh, I was just thinking, oh, God, I do that, don't I? I cut you off all the time. Well, but that's the thing. <laughs> I, we both do that. <laughs> we, that's true. We are both very domineering personalities, and we are, I, I'm i not going to speak for you, but I will firmly admit to being the loud pagan on many occasions. But I, I also think that I temper that and know when to shut up sometimes. But, um, you know, <laughs> the, the loud pagan is, is loud, is domineering, makes the conversation all about them, and... Um, uh, you know, there was a group that I was a part of that shall remain nameless, Longview Magic Circle. Um, and there was a person in that group who also shall remain nameless, Silver Ravenweed. Um, oh, what was her name? No. Yeah, Silver Ravenweed. Technicolor Sparrow Bear is what we all called her behind her back when she didn't know. Um, yeah. Or no, no, not Silver. I'm sorry. It was Lady Ravenweed. Yeah, she gave herself a weird title. I talked about her on my, my name show. Yeah, I remember you talking about her. Yeah, Lady Ravenweed, who shall remain nameless. Um, she was the loud pagan and somehow made it all about her. Uh, some, just very loudly made every single conversation all about her. The loud pagan is slightly self-centered <laughs> and narcissistic and histrionic. Um, all wonderful words, by the way. Go look I them love up. those words. I love every single one of those. I love histrionic. That's it. Yes. It's just, it almost sounds like a French cuss word. It's just, I love it. I like narcissistic just because it's really fun to say. It is, but I, I don't know. I like the R's and histrionic. It just, it's good, solid consonants. Um, we're proving your point right now, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So there's the loud pagan who just sort of dominates the conversation, but then under that, and very closely related to the loud pagan is the debating pagan. The pagan that pretty much goes into any situation trying to pick a fight. Like, I mean, you know, we'll sort of like, you know, hone in on the one person who they think could possibly sit there and continue griping with them, you know, and that second person okay. may not even have to say much, but they just, just, but hold on before I do that. Okay. Hold on. I want to go one step further, and the debating pagan sometimes goes even more negative and becomes the gotcha pagan. The gotcha pagan is the one who, like we said earlier, sort of knows enough about a particular kind of topic, about a particular kind of logic, and has had this debate before. And the gotcha and debating pagan are typically like the older, like in age pagan, you know, or the older in age groupie guy 
who sits there and knows, you know, who knows enough to make it sound like he knows a lot, who knows enough to make it sound like he's the know-it-all pagan, and will sit there and 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 wheel you in this circular, uh, circular logic and pin you into a corner and, ha, gotcha, you don't know anything, obviously I'm right. Now you can go. <laughs> okay, can, can just a matter of semantics, can we change it from debating pagan to argumentative pagan? I, I because yes. Because, I mean, I, and this, this is something that I've, I've actually struggled with for a long time, because I really, really enjoy debating. I enjoy heated debates. Well, and I think, I think you bring but, up a good point. I think, a, that, I think that maybe the positive side is the debating pagan, and the negative side is the argumentative pagan. So good, good, good note there. <laughs> well, and it's, not, and it's not just, I mean, it's not that I want to argue with you and prove that I'm right. It's that I enjoy debating topics with people so that I know where I'm coming from better so that I, I have a chance to really flesh out my reasoning for some of the things that I believe. And I would like to give a quick example of both the debating, the positive debating pagan is an example of episode three of this show. (laughs) The argumentative pagan is a fabulous example of episode two. So, if anybody has any questions about what those two terms are, go back and listen to those shows. There was a lot of debating in episode two. It just got a little bit heated for no reason. Around, around what was that, minute 43? And the funny thing is, I said that on the next show, on episode three, and I got several emails. And I think it, some of them got sent to the joint show email, but then I got personal emails that were like, yeah. you know, I agree, around minute 43, I really just wanted to turn you all off. <laughs> Oh. It was it was ridiculous, but I mean, at, at least from my perspective, it was not intended to be mean spirited, and I think that's no. where the difference is between the debating pagan and the argumentative pagan, because all the argumentative pagan wants to do really is become the gotcha pagan. Right. That's right. what they're going for. They and want if to you trap the you game long enough. They'll get there. Right. They want to the trap debating you. Debating pagan in. honestly just wants to discuss things. And take opposite sides of arguments and flesh them out. The Well, the argumentative pagan, if they don't become the gotcha pagan, because uh, these all sort of evolve. The loud pagan can easily become the argumentative pagan if they go too far. And the argumentative pagan can very easily become the gotcha pagan. If or the, they can become the guru pagan. Ooh, good one. What's that's, the guru that's pagan? The other, that's the other place that the argumentative pagan wants to go. They either want to go to the gotcha, or they want you to think that you are the be-all, end-all, oh. know-all of everything, and therefore you will be my master and my guide. Yeah, that was that was the Lady Your Raven. We, she, she always came to our little groups, because we weren't a circle, we weren't a coven, we were just group, uh, you know, of folks. And, um... Because we'd be a group of something else. (laughs) (laughs) No, but she would come and was always, like, constantly recruiting for her coven, constantly talking about, you know, oh, I was published in this completely obsequious magazine that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that isn't actually a magazine, but was just printed on my uh, HP PhotoSmart over here. You know, uh, (laughs) you know, yeah, the Guru Pagan. Good, good one. You know, the one that wants everybody to believe that they are the be-all, end-all Pagan. But, you know... And again, that's a difference between being the the wise Pagan. Yeah. And what was was the flip side of the wise Pagan? 
well, that was fl- the know-it-all, right? Yeah, the, the know-it-all pagan is the one that wants to act as though they know everything. And the know-it-all pagan isn't necessarily argumentative. The, per- the know-it-all pagan isn't necessarily the gotcha, or even the loud pagan. You can be the know-it-all pagan and be very quiet about it. I mean, you, but, you know, it's like, well, no, you're wrong. I mean, and the know-it-all pagan can even be, you know, all the way on the flip side of not being loud, can be very you know, a gossipy pagan, you know, well, no, this person's wrong and that's wrong. And it's, you know, this right. and that, and the other is wrong. And it's just, you become very annoyed because nobody knows as much as you do and blah, 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 blah. Um, but the argumentative pagan, if they don't become the gotcha pagan, just really likes to start drama and just enjoys mm-hmm. the drama that, that goes on in the group. And if they become the gotcha pagan, they're just pissed that nobody thinks that they are the, the guru pagan, you know? Right. I think right. that, you know, if, if they try and become the guru pagan and when that never happens, they just become the gotcha pagan and want every, you know, and just try and slam people into the wall and admit that they're right, or at least that they don't know enough to say that they're wrong, you know? So exactly. It's, oh, you know, and it, which is why, because there's one of those in every group, at least one in every group, like it, not coven necessarily, because I've never really been part of a coven, so I, I can't speak to that, but every pagan group that I've been a part of, uh, there's always at least, uh, you know, there's definitely some loud, loud pagans, plural, but there's definitely at least one argumentative pagan that just enjoys that whole drama thing that goes on. And everybody's always like, oh, great, that person's here. <laughs> you know, it really, I mean, when you think about it, it's just like the dynamic in an office or a place of business mm-hmm. or within a group of friends a lot of time. I mean, you've got... You know, you've got the loud mouth, you've got the bitch, you've got the slut, you've got the... I mean, you. there's all these categories, and we have them all. It's just how they exhibit these personality traits mm-hmm. is very interesting within the context of the pagan community. Now, let's go ahead and talk about it. The newbie fluffy pagan. <laughs> okay, I, I would like to just say... Are we actually going to try to define fluffy today, or are we going to save that for another day? I would just like to say for the purposes of this very quick stereotype discussion about the stereotype that we all dislike about... Because we we will we are planning a big fluffy episode. <laughs> big fluffy. That doesn't sound right. Huge fluffy episode. We're going to be... Big old fluffy episode. I'll we, break my bunny slippers out for We that are going to have Silver Ravenwolf on and... Never mind. That was about to go to a very dirty place in my head. The words were about to come out of my mouth. We are not. I was so how are you defining fluffy for the context of this conversation? For the context of this conversation, the fluffy is the person that is new, is sort of innocent slash naive, and uninformed. Just for the purposes okay. of this conversation. For the purpose of this conversation, going with that definition, I don't feel you can fault anybody for that. Right. But people do. I, I think that possibly the fluffy pagan, it, it you know, knows okay, a let's little. Okay, let's call it newbie pagan okay, because newbie I'm going to get upset and very confused. The newbie pagan. The newbie pagan. The person who's just started out, who, you know... Um, uh, that that you know has read a couple books or just seen a movie or something like that and is really just starting out and tries to get involved in the conversation and I don't think that you can ever really fault 
the newbie slash fluffy pagan, and we'll get into why fluffy is a, a jerk term, and you know, or at least a, a at least a contentious term in, in another episode. But I think yes. the problem with the stereotype of the newbie pagan is everybody else's problem, and not necessarily the fluffy the the the, the newbie's problem. I think well, that everybody else has a problem whenever they try and say something in a conversation, and it's blatantly obviously wrong or blatantly obviously unread. And nobody really wants to try and correct them. They all just want to tell them how wrong they are. Well, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, some people are just very quick to shut anybody down who doesn't already know. And they forget that they were there too once. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody grew up knowing it was pronounced Samhain or Gardnerian or whatever the case may be. I mean, everybody starts. Or Athame. Right? Well, and there are various different ways to pronounce some things. And, you know, I mean, we have to remember that we started somewhere, too. So you're telling me... We didn't know everything at one point as well. Are you bursting my bubble and telling me that just like there's a Santa Claus on Christmas, you're telling me that there's no Sam Hain for Samhain, really, that rides around in his great pumpkin giving everybody Charlie Brown presents? There's no Sam Hain, really? I think you're old enough to know the truth now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sam Hain has been relegated to the to doing Diet Dr. Pepper commercials with Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy. Yes. <laughs> There's no Sam Hain. No, but we 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 all start we all started somewhere. The other thing I think is the problem that we have communicating between our between ourselves and the community is that let's face it society has no manners anymore mm-hmm. none whatsoever so if you say something wrong in front of most people if they correct you and don't just make fun of you behind your back they're probably not going to do it in a way that's going to make you in to, to encourage you to continue to contribute the, to the conversation they're probably going to either be snide or rude or look at you like you're an idiot or whatever. And we need, look, come on, come on guys, group hug. Let's help each other out here. Well, the problem, the problem with the newbie fluffy pagan is when they get shut down a couple of times by some of these other older pagan stereotypes, when they get shut down and shut down hard, then they sort of become very negative combinations of, that's when they go from newbie to fluffy, I think. Um, you know, the, the the fluffy pagan is the one that has combined both being new with being the know-it-all pagan, with being the loud pagan, with being the, you know, the gaudy pagan, or whatever. You know, the one that is trying to way overcompensate for their newness by dominating the conversation by... You know, the newbie pagan eventually becomes the uninformed, misappropriated pagan. You know, the one that sort of never learned because they just didn't. You know, they sort of got into the habit of being the know-it-all, being the gaudy, being the, you know, being the fluffy pagan. They sort of got into the habit of knowing their few little things and feeling that that was okay, and then eventually sort of evolved and morphed and grew into the uninformed pagan. 
Or conversely, they read everything, study everything, and avoid the community like the plague because they think that everybody in the community is like that. And they are actually very well-read, very well-practiced, very knowledgeable, and they are in the closet to the degree that they are never going to come out. And I think that's when it really hurts us. Yeah. The way we, the way we treat each other can really hurt our community because I think there are people who really know what they're doing and know what they're talking about and would be great as contributors to the community and we have scared them away. You know what? There should be like a movement or something or like a project. Oh, would you stop? For Promoting promotion, loud pagan. Promoting peace and equality and tolerance in the pagan community. You know, I'm just saying, there should be like a project for people that are pagan enough, you know. Yes, we know all about it. What's the next stereotype? <laughs> I love you, Jillian. I love you, and I'm not talking about you. But the next stereotype is the pita pagan, or the ultra-green... Doesn't shave, very unmanicured, the, the earthy pagan, the very ultra green, back to nature, piss on you because you don't use organic soap, pagan, that one, <laughs> who's not so much pagan as they are, you know, earth mother, days gone by are better than these days, pagan. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and again, this, is, this is another one of those cases where this stereotype, I have no problem with it. I have absolutely no problem with it if that is the way you want to live your life. What I have a problem with is you telling me that I have to live my life that way. Yeah. And yes, I agree that a lot of the things that people who are very green and very earth friendly and very environmentally conscious, the things that they do are very good, responsible things to do. But I don't have to do them to be a good pagan. And this goes back to sort of the difference between being the broke pagan and being the pious pagan. The pita pagan, you know, and I'm just saying pita pagan because they both have peas and it sounds nice. But, um, <laughs> you know, the pita pagan, you know, the, 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 the negative stereotype of this, the negative stereotype of being the green witch, is the one that sort of shoves it down other people's throats and basically says, oh... You don't recycle that paper towel, you're not pagan. Because a pagan would, a pagan should, a pagan, you know, has to do this, 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 and this. You know, they have to recycle, they have to use only organic... Oh, you found the mute button. I did. <laughs> they have to use only organic <laughs> products, you know, they have to grow their own vegetables, you know, they have to be, you know, all that. They have to be the pita pagan. Whereas the positive side of that is just incorporating green practices into your life. You know, go ahead. And what's interesting to me is that, okay, so in order to be pagan, we have to be broke, but we have to eat organic foods. <laughs> I'm not broke and I can't afford to buy everything I eat organically. Okay. So somewhere there's a disconnect. Says the witch with the Taco Bell. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, I mean, literally, like, I could not afford to go to Whole Foods for all of my grocery shopping. I would love to be able to do that, though. But in order there to do that, no you way. can't be the pro-pagan. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, okay, I, I may not be rich, and I'm not by a long shot, but I wouldn't consider myself broke. 
No. I wouldn't either. But I still, I still could not afford to be completely green. You know, no. put solar panels on my house, collect my own rainwater to bathe in, um, you know, make my own soap so that I'm not leaching detergents into the ocean. I mean, seriously, there are some people, and I'm not naming any names, and I'm Jillian. not implying. No, because because <laughs> see, the difference. The difference is, the difference is, and since you brought it up, I'm going to make my point. The difference is Jillian incorporates environmental living into her life. She encourages other people Mm -hmm. to do that. She tells, she gives them tips, ideas of how to do that. But never would she say, oh, you went to Taco Bell, you can't be pagan. Right. Um, You know, and, but she has admitted on occasion where she's like, you know, her family sort of is like a little, going a little crazy with her, um, going a little crazy. Oh, Oh, hold on. Hold on. Are you we... thinking what I'm thinking? Yes. <laughs> hold on, let me pause Do this. It. I am. Hold on, let me pause this. <coughs> witches. Witches, we have a witches. special treat. Witches. 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 <laughs> we have a special treat. Um, in the IABHH studios with us right now, it, it, diverting from the uh, conversation about pagan stereotypes for just a moment. <laughs> We have Kathleen Borealis of Borealis Meditation, Geology for Pagans. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have not heard about Borealis Meditation, uh, you should. Um, and if not, you're a loser. I would just like to let you know that right now. Um, you know, <laughs> you are. Uh, Borealis meditation is neither about the Borealis nor about meditation. It is about rocks. It's about geology. It's a very, very smart podcast. And, uh, Kathleen, would you share with our listeners a little bit about what you're all about? Well, thank you very much. That's very sweet of you. Um, I'm a geologist, if that's not obvious. And, um, I don't know. I just, I always found that I think that being a pagan drove me into geology and so I feel like it's such an obvious fit for me that I wanted to share. And so, so let me, go ahead. Let me, let me ask you a question about, about, since we're talking about pagan stereotypes today. Right. Do you think that having no interest in geology would make you a bad pagan? Do you think it's, it's necessary to have an interest in rocks and geology in order to be a good pagan? No. No. Yay! <laughs> she passed the test. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I really, I mean, how, how, how else could you answer that question? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, you know, having an interest in geology is, I don't know, it makes sense to me, but I could also see not being interested. You know what I mean? Uh, Kathleen, um, I have a, a, a quick question for you. You say yeah. that you're a geologist. Now, you have degrees in geology, is that correct? I have an undergraduate degree in geology, and I'm working on my master's degree in geophysics. So, basically, you're a smarty pants when it comes to rocks. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's this thing in academia called the uh, imposter syndrome, where the more you know, the more you're convinced you don't know anything. <laughs> okay. We talked about that earlier from a pagan standpoint. <laughs> yeah. So, it's more like, there's. I've seen this great comic where there's like a big circle, or you know, or it's a graph where it's like, Things you know versus things you know you don't know, or how much you think you know versus how much you know knowledge you think there is. 
And you get to a certain point where you're like, wow, I'm really smart. And then the more you learn, you're like, wow, I really don't know anything. (laughs) So so you can say, I know a lot about rocks, but I also have the opinion that I don't know nearly enough. Well, I think you know enough to, to be able to share some fantastic information, as well as words like coming tonight and cleavage <laughs> along with your audiences, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, I actually have a shirt that has the word nice, but it's spelled with a G because it's a rock type and it says nice cleavage. Oh God. Fantastic. <laughs> I need one of those. Um, it was one of our awesome. geology club shirts. So awesome. Kathleen, real quick. Uh, yeah. What is your biggest, uh, pet peeve pagan stereotype and what i mean by pagan stereotype is the pagan stereotype that you feel about somebody in the pagan community like you know the 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 know-it-all pagan the broke pagan the the ultra green shove it in your face you know if you're not green you're not a pagan pagan the uber goth pagan yeah what is Uh... your biggest pet peeve pagan stereotype Ooh. Put me on the spot. Yes. <laughs> he does that. <laughs> well, well, that's what our show's all about today. So, you know, it wouldn't be pertinent bringing you in if we couldn't ask you the question. Right, right. Um, well, I think that this kind of expands beyond the, um, the realm of pagan, but uh, I call them the Trustafarians. Ooh. The uh, people who, it's kind of the like the uber green, like, well, obviously you don't care about the environment because you don't have organic hemp pants. Yeah. Kind of attitude. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where I went to undergrad, we called them the Trustafarians because usually they had, you know, trust funds. Ah. Very, 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 very expensive hippie stores. Whereas oh. me, I like thrift stores. We are actually about to get into that. That was something I had down on my list. Uh, the snobby pagan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, yeah, yep. the, the better than thou look down your nose at everybody else pagan. But there was a, a subsect to that, and we'll we'll talk about that later, uh, just Velma and I. But um, no, that's a good one. The Trustafarian pagan, that's a good one to add to the list. I like that. <laughs> I do too. So uh, real quick, Kathleen, um, before we let you go, where can people find your show? Um, I have a blog at borealismeditation.blogspot.com, which is actually how it started. And I didn't feel like changing the name when I started a podcast, so... <laughs> why I have that name but um, I'm also on iTunes searchable Borealis Meditation and I'm on Podbean and Podcast Alley and they can tweet you at geo for the number four pagans right yes and then I'm also on Facebook so if you um, fan the page on Facebook you can add me too I'm under Kathleen Borealis I think on Facebook well I just so friend me message me talk to me and um, my email is borealis.meditation at gmail.com and if I'm signed into Gmail chat, feel free to chat with me there, too. Yay. And uh, people can also Skype you at Geo4Pagans, right? Yes, that's true. Fantastic. So uh, thank you so much for yes, popping thank into you. the studios. Well, I, thank you so much for having me on your show. <laughs> I, I I feel smarter talk, uh, 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 talking to you because, you know, my, my counterpart sometimes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I feel dumber <laughs> listening to you. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie because I have to go back and I'll listen to something and 
every single like every other word in the sentence is a word I don't know. And I have oh, to go no. I have to go back and listen to it and go, okay, what does that mean? What is she talking about? <laughs> I'm yes, learning yo- I'm learning geology. Geology is really visual, and so for me it's really hard to kind of teach without things in front of me and pictures and so you could do a video podcast. Just I could do it out there. I could. I've yeah. started making PowerPoints, so fantastic. <laughs> well, that'll help. Well, thank you Hopefully. so much, Kathleen, and we appreciate you being on. I cannot wait for the next episode of uh, Borealis Meditation: Geology for Pagans. Um, you know, everybody, go check her show out. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Thank you. Thank you. That was Kathleen Borealis of Borealis Meditation, and we are yay. So- yay! <laughs> Um, I think we pretty much wrapped up the pita pagan, ultra green pagan uh, idea there. <laughs> we could we could beat a dead horse to death for a long time, but yeah, I think we could. Let's move that on. that could definitely be its own show. But I mean, you know, it all sort of goes back to the same point as the broke pagan, um, you know, the know it all pagan. Of course, the know it all pagan. Something we didn't really talk about is, oh, you don't know as much as me, then you must not be pagan. You know, that well, it, and, see, and that's the thing, though. That's the prevailing problem mm-hmm. that a lot of people have with all of these stereotypes. Mm-hmm. It's not that the stereotype exists. It's that the people who are in a specific stereotype category think that that's exactly how you have to be or you are not pagan. That's the problem. It's not the stereotype that's the problem. And this is this next stereotype that um, I came up with was something that has actually nothing to do inherently with paganism or with magic or with being a guru or with anything like that. But for some reason, I have seen it time and time again in the pagan community. It is the hippie pagan, the anti-establishment pagan. Basically, you know, for some reason in the pagan community, there's this whole subset of people that are anti-government, anti-public school, anti The rebel pagan. Yeah, the, well, I I don't know. I mean, I think that maybe rebel pagan might be the positive aspect of that, because a rebel is actually seeking to change something. They're rebelling Mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, change the administration. They are trying to actively do something about it, while the anti-establishment pagan just sort of complains about the government and complains about everything, but it's it's also a very mistrusting pagan. A mistrust, you know, there's a mistrust of the government, a mistrust of, uh, you know, pretty much anything that is mainstream. And it's really sad. And it's something I've talked about time and time again on my show. The You know, the anti-establishment mistrusting pagan, you know, pretty much anything that's Christian must be bad because it's it's mainstream. Pretty much anything that is has to do with the government must be bad because it's mainstream and Yada, yada. Uh, Go ahead. They're sort of our very own conspiracy theorists. Well, that's actually another specific kind of pagan that I had later on. But yeah, they they are sort of, you know, it all sort of is the same kind of thing. But that hippie pagan, that whole hippie mentality of, you know, the man. The man is all about getting down on us. And it's just odd that it's still, you know, it's a very alive part of the pagan community to be very anti-establishment, to be very hippie-minded. Well, and it's, and it, in my mind, it leads one of two directions. It either leads to the conspiracy theory or it leads to the persecution complex pagans. Yeah. Which sometimes are one and the same. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's, that's sort of the extreme negative. Well, that's and, that's where it goes in my mind. And we can go ahead and lead into there because the one of the last stereotypes that I came up with was the sci-fi pagan. And what I mean by the sci-fi pagan 
is the one who, for them, paganism also includes ideas of, like, UFOs and, you know, whatever cultural boogeyman you want to talk about. The, you know, the abominable snowman, the yeti, the, uh, you know, the, the chupacabra. I mean, all chupacabra. of <laughs> I mean, you know, all of that is a very real active part of their paganism. You know, their, their conversations about the goddess are hand-in-hand with their conversations about UFOs, the sci-fi conspiratorial pagan you know did you see the the just released documents from area 51 they really did have aliens and they all had sex orgies with humans and now they're walking around with telepathy powers telepathy that was telepathy i can't believe you actually just said that that's hilarious no i don't understand what aliens have to do with paganism like i don't even understand sorry that was my cat not edited over candle Knocking over candles, which thankfully were not lit, or he would have set himself on fire again. Um, but no, um, I don't understand how aliens have anything to do with paganism. Like, I don't get where that connection came from. I don't either, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen it time and time again. Are these weird conspiracy theory, you know, pagans that for some reason paganism for them is this. But I think it does sort of go back to maybe that hippie mentality of anti-establishment sort of leads to things that are not mainstream and the belief in things that are not mainstream, you know, you know, if the mainstream believes in it, then the opposite must be true or the opposite must be better. And, you know, if the mainstream, if most people don't believe in aliens, well, obviously believing in aliens must be better or at least must be cooler. I think these people sort of, you know, if you put all three of these together, you sort of get somebody that just sort of gets off on being anti-establishment and it's just, I don't know. It's kind of sad at some point, I think. Personally, I think it's just because we've got a lot of crazies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every religion have its, has its crazies. But personally, I think paganism has sort of a higher percentage of crazies. Speaking of crazies, the next stereotype is the magical, with J's and K's pagan, the magical, unbelievable pagan, the one who was initiated by her grandmother, who was in a coven for the last 300 years, and, you know, uh, uh, when nobody is around, she can float things with her mind, and, um, you know, who has several spirit guides and would like to tell you about them. And, you know, has a spell book that even though she printed it off, her HP printer, um, was totally handwritten and was totally handed down by her grandmother, who was, it was handed down by her grandmother, who was handed down by her grandmother, who was initiated in Avalon. (laughs) You know, it's just that, that way over the top, totally bought into all of the, the crap pagan. And it's... We got a lot of crazies. Yeah. Yeah, we do. That's all I'm going to say about that one, because I could go on about that one for a long time. Well, but basically, you could. When we come back to the same point, we got a lot of crazies. Well, I mean, it just... and ew. <laughs> We could go on with that for a long time. I mean, that particular... Because... And the there are thing, so many, so many wonderful and varying examples of that particular stereotype. Yeah. There are, you know, and... and, and the we bad thing is whenever you get the unbelievable pagan and like the know-it-all loud gotcha pagan all in one person that's the bad thing 
The bad? Yes, but when you get, but you get, if you get one of each of them and you put them in a room, it's hours of fun. <laughs> if you get the unbelievable, uh, the unbelievable pagan who is firmly convinced that she is a reincarnation of both Cleopatra and a witch that was burned in Salem. Oh. <laughs> And you, you sit them. Said the vicious non-truth. I did. And you sit them down with the gotcha pagan. That's a fun time. That that's is, a fun. That's a good time. Because the order go- drinks. Because you're staying for that. Because one. the gotcha pagan is trying to convince the unbelievable, you know, magical pagan that they are wrong, and the magical pagan is trying to convince the other person that they are full of crap, and that they, when they get home, plan on turning turning them into a toad. <laughs> Don't worry, sweetie. You'll get better. It'll it'll go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's hours of entertainment. I would if I could actually predict that. Like I would sell tickets. Oh God, Monty Python. I love that. I I was tur- she turned me into a newt. You're a newt. Well, it got better. <laughs> oh, and I can just and I can just hear in my head all of the people going. Those aren't the right words. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've I've never actually seen that movie. It's close just, enough. It's I've just close seen enough. the clip. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, I could recite it verbatim, but I'm not, I'm not going to. Let's move oh, on. Oh, pl- please do know it all, Pagan. Please do. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm the know. I'm the know it all. <laughs> no, go ahead. What What are the words? Go ahead. She turned me into a newt. A newt? I got better. Didn't I say that? Close, but it wasn't exactly right. Oh. And I could oh. Hear, uh, See, that's one of those things. You can hear, like, the gears grind to a halt and go, oh, my God, that's not right. Oh, know-it-all. Um, <laughs> okay, Mr. Philologist. Well, yeah. Then you have the snobby pagan. Let's talk about this. Speaking of that conversation, you have the snobby okay. pagan. Snobby pagan. What do you mean by snobby pagan? The snobby pagan is sort of the whole... Sort of the problem that we were talking about with the other stereotypes, except this one is just that stereotype. Just the look down your nose, oh, you're, you know, you don't do it this way and you don't do it that way. But I think the snobby pagan is its own stereotype in the sense that they are the nonconformist pagan. Like, they don't want to conform to anything that's pagan mainstream either. And they look down their nose at people that are Wiccan, Gardnerian, Alexandrian, you know, they look down their nose at people that have sort of ascribed to a particular path and they're very anti any sort of group you know they're just very oh you do you know snobby i mean it's like well i must be smarter than you because i don't ascribe to that you know oh how silly and stupid of you to do that you know they're just they sort of always consider themselves right and always consider themselves better than thou it's the holier than thou pagan yes wow that was I can elaborate on that. I I agree with you. They, well, it's it's annoying. <laughs> well, yes, that's what I was agreeing to. It's, it is annoying. It's horrible. I love it. It is annoying. Well, and I I would say that you could probably actually take the snobby pagan. I'm not sure what the correct verbiage would be, and maybe you can help me, Mr. Philologist, know it all, pagan. Um, but there's also a certain branch of the snobby pagan that doesn't like that. I think this is where a lot of people are going with the we don't want to be mainstream that are very mainstream and really look down their noses at anything that is any kind of pagan, even though that's what they practice because yeah. they're better than that. Yeah. It's it's the um, 
But oh, I'm not God. sure I would say snobby pagan. I mean, I think there's a better word for it. It's the... it. it well, I, you know, it's the holier-than-thou pagan. It's whatever I do is is better than whatever you do. And it's just inherently better because it's what I do. You know, it's... But it's also, but it's also inherently better because it's not any kind of stereotypically pagan. Right, right. It's the... Which is... Funny because it is in and of itself a pagan stereotype. But, right. Okay. I mean, you could call it like the glass house pagan. You know, the person that wants to live in the little pagan bubble and wants to do their own pagan thing, but is very, you know, I don't know. You're, you're right. It's it, it it is difficult to come up with that exact term. But I think that I think I don't know. I think we're getting the point across about it's not. It's the Jersey Shore pagan. The what? The Jersey Shore pagan. It's the one who wants to be very, very mainstream and wants to snub their noses at anything that anybody on the outside would possibly consider being pagan. You say Jersey Shore, and I think Snooky. <laughs> okay, okay. It's the it's the Real Housewives of Orange County pagan. It's the it's it's that sort of. Oh, I, I get be, it. I want to be very, very accepted yeah. by mainstream. So anything that's even remotely pagan. It's not going, like, it's it's not cool. Well, I think that could, I mean, that's almost like a cousin of the gaudy pagan. And you're right, that could be its own stereotype in the sense of it's the negative mainstream pagan. It's the one who's trying to be overly mainstream. I'm pagan, but look how normal I am. You know, right. look look how normal I am. Watch watch me be very, very normal. Watch me have the smallest cauldron ever, and I only use it eight times a year. And, you know, yeah, I do magic, but I don't, like, do spells. You know, I don't do spells. I do, right. I do very serious magic, and I only do it in very serious circumstances. And, you know, it's the person on the cover of that uh, Scott Cunningham Witchcraft Today book that just looks like a racially ambiguous, gorgeous little 20-something who's Tell just... Tell why are they re- reprinting that book with a picture that is so obviously 80s? I mean, it's just, you know, it's... Well, no, I've seen it, like, look like, you know, from 1999, the nice little smooth, straight, little shoulder-length hair with the the brandless, nice clothes that were probably from Banana Republic and, you know, the nice parted hair and just looks very nice and, you know, very approachable and, you know, tries to overcompensate for their being pagan by being right. overly mainstream. And I think that, right. that is a, that's a... That's both a cousin of the snobby pagan and both a cousin of the gaudy pagan. You know, the one that's trying to put on too much of a show. Right. What about the weird pagan who isn't actually pagan, but is sort of like a pagan groupie? Oh, you mean the horny people. (laughs) Yes. The horny people. The only reason they show up for pagan ritual is they think there's going to be sex and, and drugs and rock and roll. Or the one who's almost like the sci-fi pagan who just sort of wants to sit around and thinks that, oh, pagans must be interested in, you know, ghost hunting. Or pagans must be interested in, you know, numerology. Or pagans must be interested in, I I don't know, the sighting of the chupacabra. I mean, they must be, so I'm going to hang around them. You know, I mean, it's like, well, I'm interested in crazy out there crap, so this must be the group that I belong to. Again, it's the horny pagan who thinks they can get laid that way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else we need to say about that. I mean, really? I mean... Okay. Go away, weird pagan. Go it, away. It, you're it, creepy. But see, you're not even a weird pagan because you're not pagan. You exactly. just like to hang around with pagans because you think that they're all going to get in a circle naked and do odd things to each other with their candles. I mean, really? It's just... <laughs> oh, that candle wax. Mm-hmm. Ew. <laughs> 
Yeah, ew. Sorry. Okay. Moving on. Now this last, and this is the last one on my list uh, of, of ones that I've come up with. So I hope that you have something. I got nothing. Okay, I fantastic. got nothing. Make it good. <laughs> the pagan who just feels something must be right. The pagan who feels, you know, I just feel like this was a holy temple to the goddess, even though every scientific report, you know, every historical report says that this actually wasn't, you know, I just feel like it's right. I feel, you know, (laughs) it's very unresearched, is very, you know, or just blatantly wants to go against the research. I just feel like it must be right. Or I feel that I can use, you know, rosemary as a, as a death herb, because I just feel like it should be right. I just feel the purely instinctual pagan, you know, or the one that at least wants to come off like they've got this fantastic instinct about everything. You know, the one that pretends to be overly psychic, the one that had just the, 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 the big third eye pagan, you know, I feel everything. Yuck. Well, you know what, sweetie? I feel that you really need a bitch slap. <laughs> that that is exceedingly annoying. That is exceedingly annoying because that is that is a combination of the holier than thou, the no um, stupid. Yeah, the uninformed. Yeah, and there was one other one that that's sort of a combination of. Um. The magical, unbelievable pagan? Yeah, unbelievable pagan. Yeah. Yes. It's it's the unbelievable, stupid, holier-than-thou pagan. And I listen... I, do, I don't like you if you're like that. Yeah. Because there's no reason to be like that. I mean, really, if you want to go home and feel whatever it is that you want to go home and feel, that's fine. But you don't need to be feeling it around me. <laughs> And yes, I do realize how bad that sounds. Well, and it's like, well, you know, somebody will, will say, well, I went to visit this place, you know, this big spot and, you know, there's a big, there's a big uprising in the new age movement. This is a very new age thing. This whole feel everything idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and, oh, just don't get me started on the new age pagan. Oh, the new age pagan. There you go. It's the new age pagan. Um, that, you know, we'll go to these sites that are like, oh, well, you know, there's a movement in the, in the new age movement that says, well, this was a place that, you know, probably was Atlantis, or this was a place where there was an ancient temple to the goddess and this, that, and the other. And the accepted history, you know, the, the best minds of our time say, you know, what, that actually wasn't true, and this didn't exist, and this couldn't possibly be accurate, and yada, yada, yada. And they just sort of ignore all that. Well, no, I visited it, and I just felt in, you know, it was a temple to the goddess. It was a this. It was a that. And I don't really care what anybody tells me. I feel it, so it must have been true. And, you know, and there's a part of me that says that it's okay for you to be the feel, pa- the feel good pagan, the, the one that wants to feel everything. And there's a part of that that's, that's very experiential. And I think that that's the positive aspect of this stereotype. The positive aspect of the stereotype is the one that embraces the experiential side of paganism. Because pagan, paganism is a very experiential spiritual path. Well, and I think that everybody should have that. I mean, everybody needs to go someplace and see what they feel. Mm -hmm. But when you start talking about what you feel being fact, Mm -hmm. that's when we got a problem. 
that's that's when it goes from being experiential pagan to being stupid pagan. That's that's when you make that leap. Mm-hmm. No, because you're you're I mean, especially especially things about which we have some degree of actual knowledge. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot in the pagan community that nobody really knows. There's no actual evidence of things. And there are a certain degree of um, you know, theories that are just sort of accepted as fact. Mm-hmm. But there are also things that we know for a fact are not true. Mm-hmm. And, and again, and yet, it's those... because somebody feels it was true, they're going to try to tell other people that it is a fact that yeah. it's true. That's the that's where you make the leap from smart to stupid. Yeah, and and this one really sort of close, it can closely tie, but doesn't necessarily always, but can closely tie to that unbelievable pagan that, you know, I, you know, I feel like women in my family must have been very witchy. You know, I feel like I came from a long line of witches. I feel like I was the reincarnation of a witch that died you know, in Salem, and I was, I also feel like I was the reincarnation of Cleopatra, which, by the way, side note, it, it, if you ever just sort of, like, search around the internet for people that say that they're the reincarnation of Cleopatra, or somebody that tangentially knew Cleopatra, like, oh, I'm Cleopatra's bartender, you will find a lot of people that think that they're Cleopatra. (laughs) A lot of people. And at one point, I actually heard a theory about how that could possibly be true. And I am not going to get into it because it's way out there and I frankly don't remember all the details. But I actually heard somebody try to defend the idea that all these people actually used to be parts of Cleopatra, which was very entertaining. (laughs) But But my point is you can feel that all day long. But when you start making claims that these things are fact... That's when we have an issue. Now, on the flip side of all of these stereotypes are the people that are not these stereotypes. Um, you know, it is the wise pagan. It is the well-spoken pagan. It's the well-researched pagan that doesn't shove it down your throat. Um, you know, there are very good flip sides of these stereotypes. And when you are the very good uh, flip sides of these stereotypes you begin to look very akin to somebody that is quite mainstream. You know, you don't smell like patchouli all the time. You don't wear big black robes all the time. You dress pretty much like most everybody else does. You go to a job that most everybody else has. You know, or, you, know you, you make an income that most everybody else does. You know, you sort of fit into society, and being pagan is a natural, organic part of your life. Um, you know, that doesn't take up more space than it should. Um, you know, it, you are not the overly pious, look at me, pagan. You're not the broke pagan. You know, you're not the horribly conspiratorial pagan. You're not, you know, any of those negative stereotypes. And when you're not, but you're also not shoving the whole, you know, you're not the snobby pagan. You're not the glass house pagan that tries to shove their mainstreamness down other people's throats and you just happen to be mainstream, you do get a lot of flack from the pagan community at large for, you know, well, how dare you be mainstream? And, you know, why why would you want to do that? Why would you want to talk about how mainstream you are? And, you know, are you trying to say that we all need to be mainstream? You know, that kind of thing. And I know that I've gotten that before. I don't know if you have. 
But, um... Not, not so much. I, I don't encourage people to send me hate mail. So <laughs> I probably have evoked that response from somebody, but I haven't heard about it. Well, and just like the email at the very beginning of this show um, that we talked about, who said that, you know, you can't be middle class and be pagan. You can't be this and be pagan. You can't be that and be pagan. And the funny thing is there are a lot of people that are those things in pagan. You know, there are a lot of people that own their own house and you know, can pay all of their bills and dress appropriately and have a nice nine to five job or, you know, have a nice job, you know, and they are, they do fit into society quite well and they don't really create too much of an uproar and they also happen to be pagan. And there's a problem with a lot of people about that. And I think the big question here is, from me to you, what happens if paganism becomes mainstream? I mean, how, is that bad? Is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? You know, I have been thinking about this a lot, and I've actually gone from one extreme to the other. And I'm sort of finding myself somewhere in the middle at the moment. Because I don't think it would be a horrible thing for paganism if it was mainstream in the sense that it was pretty commonly acceptable. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, I mean, I'm very big on defining our terms. And if what we mean by mainstream is that it is accepted by society on the whole, obviously there will always be people who hate us. That's a given. But if what we mean is it's acceptable, then I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, I would agree. If what you're talking about as far as being mainstream is... You can walk into Target and pick up in the magazine section a, a copy of Witches and Pagans, or you know you've got you know a spell book sitting on the grocery store, you know checkout aisle in the you know oh my god I have to have it right before I check out section. Um, I don't know if that would be a good thing or not. Honestly, I I don't know what my opinion is, and I've been thinking about this for a long time. Well. Just as an aside, I actually have gotten a cute little spell book at Target before. I think I have too, actually. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, if what we're talking about is being able to go to... I know, yeah, it, to, to be able, like, there's the... To the, a main, like, a big box store. Right, you go to Walmart and pick, and pick up, up your witchy supplies. Exactly. And, right. Uh, well, okay, depending on what your witchy supplies are, you could probably do that already, as noted by Practical Magic from my show, which is Bruhaha. Available at witchesbrewhaha.com or iTunes. Um, <laughs> you, you shameless plug all the time. I figured I would throw one in. But but no, I mean, if what we're talking about is being able to go into, you know, um, JCPenney and pick up a solid gold pentacle necklace like you can pick up a solid gold cross necklace, I don't know. I really honestly don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I just think that it's, I think it, it, maybe the context that I'm talking about is sort of the idea of, it is sort of acceptable to be pagan. I mean, it is, but it's also acceptable to be mainstream. It's acceptable to be a nine to five middle class soccer mom, you know, persona with a minivan and a closet full of gap clothing, you know, I mean, middle class suburban person and also be a witch, be pagan, be whatever, you know, that being acceptable, being acceptable to both be the suburban person or, you know, or the middle class person 
and be pagan. I'm not necessarily saying that retail establishments need to get behind paganism, but I am saying that, you know, what happens if being mainstream, being a mainstream suburban kind of middle-class person, what happens if more of those people become pagan? I don't think it would be a problem. Well, but I mean, it would not, it wouldn't be a problem to me. And the reason it wouldn't be a problem to me is I don't care who you are. That's the thing. You know, if you want to be a pagan stereotype, yeah, I might not like the fact you're a stereotype, but I'm not going to tell you you can't be pagan. You know, I'm not. And, and if you want to live, you know, if you've got all the money in the world and you want to, you know, go live in some mansion somewhere and you're pagan, that's fine with me. That's, you know, for being such an all accepting and relaxed spiritual path, we are really, really uptight. And I think the problem here and the problem in the conversation becoming mainstream is that why can't we just sort of, I don't know, accept each other as people? I mean, part part of the problem comes in when we do start sticking labels on everybody, which is kind of, I mean, that's what we've been doing the whole show. I realize that. But that only divides us more. And, I mean, everybody is their own person. And whatever kind of person you are, and whatever kind of pagan you are, I just, I guess I don't understand why that just can't be okay with everybody else. I mean, I don't care if you're Christian, I don't care if you're Jewish, I don't care if you're Muslim, why should you care if I'm pagan? Right. Um, why, can't I think all, that, why can't we all just get along? I think that the balance is being the mainstream person but not being the snobby pagan, you know, not being the look down your nose at other people, you know, you have to be mainstream or the look at how normal I am pagan, you know, the overcompensating, you know, I, I am purposefully buying a minivan and purposefully shopping at the gap because I want people to know exactly how mainstream I am and I can be, you know, I, I purposefully do not buy any witchy jewelry. I purposefully do not buy any, you know, or proudly display my witchy books, you know, or I do, but I display them next to my academic material, which I will say, I do. But only because I only have one bookshelf. And, yes, yeah, and I don't so, have room to do that. So I stick well, all see, of my books there. And that reminds me of something that I saw on Facebook. And I am going to try to pull it up real quick and see if I can find it. But it really kind of upset me. Um... Hold on just one second. I can get it. Make a point quick while I'm finding this. Um, no pressure. So, um, it's stopped raining here at the Riot household. Oh, I just about finished my show. Just need to uh, put some music in and uh, wrap it up. Okay, I found emails. it. Okay, great. Enough about me. More about you. <laughs> nice hair color, by the way. Okay, so, oh. Oh, gosh, this is tomorrow. This is tomorrow. I had forgotten. Okay, so according to Facebook, um, tomorrow is Wear a Big Pentacle Day. Oh, God. Okay, and the initial, uh, there have been many updates to this, but basically when I first got notification of this, and I honestly don't know how long ago it was, it was a while ago, but when I first got the notification of this, basically what the message said was, 
if you're a good pagan, wear a big pinnacle, whatever you do on Wednesday, the 22nd of September to prove how pagan you are and to, to show the world, you know, that there's all these people who are pagan. And I was really actually highly offended by this. I don't have a big pentacle. I have one pentacle and the chain broke and I never got a new chain and now it sits in a box. I think I might have given it to you. <laughs> no, you didn't give it to me. Oh. No. I, I mean, I have several pentacles, but I actually have a different thing, a, a, a different symbol that I wear that doesn't look pagan at all, but to me is more accurate mm -hmm. of my faith. Yeah, I have a silver ring that I wear on my right hand, and I, I, I got, you know, that was made for me by uh, somebody that makes jewelry, pagan friend, um, you know, got it sized. It's just, I mean, it's just a silver ring. It's a silver not work ring. It's it's not really anything, you know, it's not like Celtic. It's, not, it's just a, a pretty silver ring, and for some reason that to me is sort of my connection to my pagan spirituality. I mean, it's, it's my little thing that I wear that I wear every day. It doesn't have like moonstones in it. It doesn't have a big pentacle on it. It's just my silver ring that, a, uh, you know, I, I got from my witchy friend who makes jewelry and I, you know, that's well, my and, thing. What I, and what I found interesting about it was basically it was my impression. Okay. This is all my impression of the information that, that I got. My impression was, Basically, what they were saying was, let's show the world how normal we are and how, you know, there's all these people who are like us. So let's all wear big gaudy pentacles that are going to scare the crap out of the Christians. Let's all do it one day yeah, with absolutely no explanation, no reasoning. Let's just all do it. Let's just all wear a big pentacle and show the world how many of us there are so that we can be more accepted by I it didn't make a whole lot of sense and to me. Just to go back to that point just real quick, I would just like to add I'm very tired of the persecuted pagan. Oh my god. I am yes. so over the persecuted pagan and I I talk about it in my most recent show, but um that's not quite out yet. Well it will be when when this episode when you're listening to this episode my show will also be out. So go download my show too. <laughs> Mine probably won't be. <laughs> Well, that's okay. I have um, been planning this this podkin get together, and it has taken every second of my waking time. I'm thinking and obsessing and planning, and so please forgive the fact that there is no new episode. But I'm just yet. really, really over the the persecuted. Yes. You know, well, the government is doing things to me. You know, all these people are doing things to me. All of this is about pagan. You know, these people are trying to shut down tarot readers because, you know, they are pagan. You know, there it's just it's just pathetic. It's really sad and it's really pathetic and you just re need to realize not everything's about paganism. Not everything's about you. Not everybody is out to get you. You know? Quit with your well, it definitely weird... comes back to the idea that every little thing somehow has to do with paganism. And it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know what? Honestly, and I've noticed this more in my own way of thinking, the majority of the world doesn't know anything about us like it's very very easy when you are pagan and you have pagan friends and you go to pagan stores and you think about magic and you do ritual and you celebrate your holidays and you do all this it's very very easy to get into the mindset of well everybody knows about this not everybody accepts it but everybody knows about it yeah. no most people don't know about it yeah 
Most people really, honest to God, do not know anything about paganism. They might know a couple of things that their church told them or that they got from a movie, but that's probably about it. Yeah, exactly. Most people really don't know, you know, the difference between uh, a, a Wiccan and the Wicked Witch that's that's in fairy tales. I mean, you know, I think most and people think that if they do know something, if they do think that pagans and witches actually exist, I think they think that we're all trying to be the Wicked Witch from the story. I think that they think that we're all sort of delusional and that we wave our wands and pretend that we're all Harry Potter or Hermione Granger or Velma. <laughs> <laughs> If there's anybody out there pretending to be me, please stop. Because really, it's not oh, that exciting. Oh, but send me pictures. Send me pictures if you're trying to be Velma, Jasmine. <laughs> that would be entertaining. Jasmine. But no, it's it's really, it really, really is frustrating. It's really frustrating dealing with all these stereotypes. And yeah. really what we need to understand is that we are all individual people. We all need to take a chill pill, calm down. <sighs> Yeah, take a deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. And really just sort of get a grip. Yes, mean, we please. all need to we all need to calm down. If you want to be a stereotype, that's fine. Whichever stereotype suits you the best, pick one, run with it. It's fine. But just realize but just because but just because somebody else isn't that stereotype, don't try to rip them into shreds because not every stereotype is right for every person. And some people don't want to be any stereotype. They just want to be normal people, but they still believe in the divine in a similar way to the way you believe in them. Right. So I mean, let's just let's just all hold hands. Let's sing Kumbaya <laughs> and let's get along, people. Come on. And just realize that just like there's a negative stereotype, there's a positive way to emulate that. I mean, you know, if you want to be the gaudy pagan, you can be gaudy. Just be gaudy on days of ritual. Be gaudy on days of Sabbath. Be gaudy with your pagan friends and going and doing your pagan things and going and doing all of that kind of thing. You don't have to be the gaudy, shove it down other people's throats pagan. You know, you don't have to be wearing the big pentacle on September 22nd. You know, shove it down the Christians' throats. Let's all piss the Christians off, pagan. Um, well, I mean, just think, just to use that example, let's think about this. If there is somebody that you, let's say somebody you work with, who wears a cross, but doesn't really talk about religion, doesn't try to introduce you to Jesus, you know, is very just regular, everyday Joe type person. And then there's somebody else that you work with who maybe even doesn't wear a cross, but is always trying to tell you about Jesus and asks you if you've gone to church and did you pray today? And, oh, I prayed for you. Oh, or, you know, oh, I asked Jesus to come and bless you. Which of those two people do you want to hang out with? That's all I'm saying. You. You want to leave them alone and come hang out with me? Yes, okay, please. that's cool. You could do that. <laughs> I picked secret option C. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You yeah. know, we have to think about the things that we don't like about other people and then make sure that we're not doing that in our own special secret pagan way. Right. Right. I agree. Good talk. Good talk. Good job. Fantastic. Yay, <laughs> witches. Show. That's a wrap. Yay, that's a wrap. <laughs> So, um, you can find us 
on Podbean. No, you can't. We're hidden. We're hidden. Sorry. We are. We are the. We're the subversive pagan. We're the super secret pagans that nobody actually knows. We don't really exist. Yeah. We only exist in cyberspace. We're not real people. Yeah, we're not real people. We're not. We're just floating <laughs> digital heads. Yeah, uh, exactly. This is what the this is what the internet has become. We always thought it would cre- create life of its own, and it has. Um, you can Sometimes find us. Sometimes it's fun to be the crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Yes. Uh, Incitingabruhaha.podbean.com. Yep, or downloadable through iTunes. But obviously you know that already because you've downloaded it and you're listening to this. Yeah, so you've obviously found us or heard about us. So good right. for you. Which I've always thought was funny. So how can they contact us? Yeah. Uh, incitingabruhaha at gmail.com. Um, yep. You can find us on the Twitter at twitter.com slash incitingariot. That's at when, incitingariot. When did Twitter become the Twitter? The Twitter? Did I, did I say the Twitter? You did. I've never heard anybody call it the Twitter before. Or you can find me on Twitter. I am at Witchesbrewhaha. I think Betty White calls it um, the Twitter. I'm on the, the Twitter. Twitter. That could be. That could be. I love her. It's okay. I just want to be Betty White. It's, it's fine. I'm the Betty White pagan. <laughs> Living up to the Betty White stereotype. <laughs> Whatever that Start is. A trend. Be a Betty White pagan. I'll figure out what that is and I'll let you know. Okay, yes, please do. Um, I'd rather be Stevie Nicks Pagan, personally, but that's just me. Uh, big shout-outs and big ups to Kathleen Borealis for uh, putting up with us for a few minutes. <laughs> it's not easy to do. It really isn't. <laughs> uh, we'll just say that's the that's the show recommendation for this week. Go listen to, to Borealis Meditation. Yes, it's fantastic. And don't forget, if you are in... The Chicagoland area, or if you can get to the Chicagoland area on October 2nd from 11 to 1, Firelight and myself, along with Corey from New World Witchery, Jillian from Iron Pawaka, um, um, Scarlet from Isaac Lakefront and Pagan. from Pagan Hooligans, Scarlet, Scarlet from, from Lakefront Pagan, Pagan Voice, Voice. Yep. and then Brittany from um, Urban Greenwich. We are all going to be there hanging out. And just as an aside, I might have some Sharpies for people who show up. And can I just say, just because Mojo and Sparrow are not going to be there does not mean you don't have to show up. You can still come. It's okay. It's really fine. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people who won't be there, but, you know, we're, we will be there. We will be. It's fine. We will. We're okay. <laughs> we're podkin, too. We have feelings. <laughs> yes, exactly. Although, actually, really, the one to beat right now, the one at the top of the charts is Saturn over at Pennies in the Well. Uh, no, dear. The one your audio Bible podcast just took over today. So, hate to tell you. Oh, they were number two when I checked like two hours ago. No, they're number one. It's sad. Well, I'm very even sad. Even so, it. even so. Saturn oh, speaking is, of. Saturn beating both of us. Oh, she did beat. Oh, she's back at number one. Oh. See, this is, see, this is what I'm telling you. Um, you can vote for the show, Inciting a Brouhaha. Uh, go to Podcast Alley. Go to Rid Religion and Spirituality. We are right now sitting at number seven, so it's nice. The three of our shows are all in the top ten. It's fabulous. Yes, which is excellent. And you've still got, what, seven, eight days? Yeah, Six so you've got, days, you've got several like more days in uh, September, because when you're listening... Oh, by the way, happy Mabon, because it's Mabon when you're listening to this. Or Mabon. <laughs> or Mabon. Or Equinox. Or or what 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 did I hear on uh, Faithline Stewart show Spirits Cast? Uh, Harvest Home. Never had heard about Harvest Home. 
Haven't heard about that one. Hadn't heard about it, but apparently that's another name for Mabin. Mabon. Happy pagan holiday of your choice, everybody. Happy day on the pagan wheel of the year. Yay. <laughs> I'll probably be making food and decorating. Oh, I already decorated the house. I'll probably go shop for more decorations. Yay! Yay! So, uh, how will you be celebrating Mabin? Well, my coven is going to get together and have big dinner and very simple ritual of Thanksgiving type thing. And then I'll probably come home and go to bed early. Oh, fabulous. Because <laughs> I'm that kind of person. I, 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 um, I will probably just make dinner. I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll spend all day. My partner has to work all day and most of the night. So uh, I'll have a nice big feast prepared uh, whenever he comes home. But um, for the most part, I'll probably just wake up at a nice leisurely, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and just spend the day sort of enjoying life. You know, I'll probably go to the gym, which I haven't been to in a while. <laughs> um, you know, go shop for some beautiful decorations that are out before everybody else gets them. If you live in the Illinois, Chicagoland area, please go away from my stores. Quit getting my good crap. <laughs> Urgh. I'll pitchfork you. Be nice. So I'm going to go hit up the, uh, because Target's decorations suck this year, totally suck. Oh my god. Oh my god. See, this is why we need to become mainstream, so that there's decent shit at Halloween. I'm I'm just, I'm sorry, but Target is usually, like, my go-to place for, like, all, like, my base decorations that I'm going to add. Like, I can find more stuff at Target than I can pretty much anywhere else. Like, I'll pick, you know, one or two things from, like, here and there, but Target, I can go and get, like, a basket full of stuff and come home, and I have a whole bunch of Halloween decorations, you know, and I can this add to them. This has been a point of great contention for, like, the last few days Oh my god. Twitter. Oh, my god. Yeah. Oh, my god. And yeah. so, but it's I have bad. found some salvation. I forgot, Pier 1 typically puts out good stuff, but they're expensive. Yeah. Their stuff is expensive. The good thing about Target was they put out good quality stuff and it, it was it was way more affordable. And there was What a- I want to know is what the person, what the buyer at Target is smoking to think that everybody on the planet needs 12 different sizes of multicolored glitter skulls. Big, the full skeletons are out. I mean, you can buy full skeletons. You can buy a skull that is like the size of a beluga whale. I mean, it's ridiculous. But and then there's like aisles and I, like there's one aisle of home stuff and then there's aisles and aisles and aisles of stuff for your yard like light up cheap crap from the dollar store crap for your yard and I'm like. Yeah. Who needs 12 different colors of lit pumpkins on your yard? And where are the witches at Halloween? There are no witches. There are no witches at the Target store. And if if you're the CEO of Target and you're a witch. (laughs) Oh, Lord. You're one of the witches or a rioter or a bruja or something. You're a hooligan. You're a wigglyan. I don't care. You need to fix it. You need to fix it now. Because, yeah, I'm inciting a riot all over your butt. (laughs) is pissed. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really bad this year. It's really, really bad this year. But see, then you can do, then you can see, no, this is where you have a challenge. You've been challenged to create the witchy from the world of the non-witchy. Fuck see, that. this is when, this <laughs> is when you have, this is when you have people like me who use like apothecary jars as kitchen canisters. And I've done that since before Better Homes and Gardens said, yes, this is a good idea, people. See, because this is this is how you incorporate the subtle witchy into your house. 
Oh, but at Halloween, I get to be campy. At Halloween, I get to be campy, and I want the campy. I don't want, I don't want, like, green glitter skull campy, but I want cutesy, at least. Damn it. I just want witches. There's no witches. I know there's no witches. I want more witches. I want lots of witches. But um, Kirkland's, and not Costco Kirkland, because apparently Costco has a brand called Kirkland's. There's an actual store called Kirkland's. It's a home decor store. It's a cheap store, but it's nice. You know, they've got some cute things. They have great little holiday decorations. They have cute witches. Cute, cute, cute little witches for like nine bucks. And I'm going to go get one. I'm going to go get, I have one. I'm going to go get the other two tomorrow. (gasps) Love it. Very excited. Very thrilled. Then I'm going to go Pier 1. Last year, Pier 1 had this beautiful, beautiful witch mask. It had a big witch hat, and it was a witch face. Oh, it was gorgeous. Beautiful. It was like 80 bucks, and I didn't get it. So, (laughs) but maybe if they have it this year, maybe I'll save up and get it. Maybe, ooh, ooh, maybe you can donate. Hey, donate and get me a a freaking mask. (laughs) If you buy me a mask, I'll give you a book of shit. No, I can't do that. I'll give you a personalized okay, thank you. Plug. Note. I will give you a. Uh, I will. I will give you a special thank you note or uh, something. I don't know. I'll send you a pen. I don't have sharpies. I'll. I'll make an aluminum foil pitchfork out of like a pencil and like some like like aluminum foil and like some paper clips or something. I'll make a little pitchfork and I'll mail it to you as a thank you gift. Thank you. I'll autograph <laughs> it. Bye, light. Give me the mask from Pure One. And this, ladies and gentlemen, has been your completely random bonus topic for the episode. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening. It has been, oh God, how long is it now? Well over two hours. Oh no, we're right at the two hour mark. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening. Sufficiently long enough. Uh, Send your pagan stereotypes, pagan community stereotypes, not what the outside world thinks about paganism. Send your pagan community stereotypes to insidingabruhaha at gmail.com. Would love to listen to them. Would love to read them. Would not listen. (laughs) I, I don't know where I got that. <laughs> it's getting late. I think our brains are shutting off. Yes, it's time for me to go watch Glee now. I have been ignoring Glee so I can record the show. So, bye, witches! <laughs> bye! <laughs>